The ABC's word wizard, the Lord of Language. A word in your ear with Professor Rawley Sussex. Ah, yes, over the uh, eight or so weeks I've been doing this show, never ceases to amaze me. The phones just start to light up when uh, Raleigh Sussex comes into the studio, and uh, great to see you this morning. Um, you want to start with a bit of homework off straight off the bat? I do, I do, yes. Uh, listen, that sent me an email saying, what's the difference between a dog's breakfast and a dog's dinner? And this is actually a bit odd, because a dog's breakfast means something is a terrible mess. Mm-hmm. I know your, your kids have left their clothes all over the floor. Yeah, that's the first thing that came to mind. (laughs) It's last week's salmon and all sorts of other things. eh? But dog's dinner, dressed up like a dog's dinner, this means very smart. And it's, it's, I really don't see why the thing has promoted itself from breakfast to dinner in this way. So, uh, you know, dressed up like a dog's dinner means something really putting on some special impression. Yeah. The other interesting phrase here is from the 1920s or so in Australia, dressed up like a pox doctor's clerk. <laughs> I've heard that one a few times. That's, that's back in history. And now, why a pox doctor's clerk should have a particular reputation for sartorial elegance, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Why. I don't know if we'll dig into that one. But, um, yeah, I have heard that plenty of times. Yeah. So All th- right. There you go. And one more. Um, the Americans are starting to talk about impeaching again. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got nothing to do with peaches, of course. Um, it's uh, from a uh, French word, empêcher, which means to impede, or Latin impedicare, which actually means to fetter someone. So if you're, you're going to impede, you know, impeach someone, you're going to fetter them and tie them down. That's a historical thing. Wow, okay. Uh, it, just, that, there's an awful lot of talk about this at the moment. And just as a, uh, a bit of, of side interest, uh, I was reminded because impeach sounds like the French word péché, which means sin. And in French, there's a péché originel and a péché original. Now, péché originel is original sin in the Garden of Eden where you know, they ate the fruit of the true knowledge of good and evil and that everything flowed from that. But a péché original in French is different. It means that you've exercised some uh, ingenuity in finding a new way to sin. So you have to be very careful what you're confessing to the péché originel, which is Garden of Eden, péché original, which is something a bit out there that people Mm. haven't heard of before. A bit different. Mm. Okay. Well, before we get to our callers, 1300-222-612 is the number, by the way, 1300-222-612. A few big football games coming up. Um, oh, yes. We've got uh, Origin, of course, on Wednesday night. Uh, there's the Champions League final tomorrow, which our producer, Rob Minchell's pretty excited about. Uh, I think the Lions are in town. Lots of football around us. Um, who owns the word football and, and why? That's right. Well, the word football, it's been a power grab. And association football has claimed that football is, is the round ball game. Mm. And by the way, soccer comes from association. That's where the word soccer comes from. Um, and the rest of us play Aussie Rules or AFL or league, league or Union mm. or whatever. Frankly, I grew up with what was then VFL in Victoria. And I think that football covers the lot. It's a generic name. And you might have a football with a round shape and a football with a sort of an elongated shape in America or a Sharon or whatever. And I think they're all footballs. So I refuse to, to quarrel the word football for soccer. Um, I'm being a, a little, little wider than that. That's a personal kind of crank. Mm, always wondered about that one, whether I know football purists like it to be 
referred to as football and not soccer. They do, yes. Mm. And if you say soccer, they think, oh, mm. this person's a bit out there. Yeah, yeah. Then, of course, there's rugger. And rugger is the British one. Of course, rugby was invented at rugby school, or at least it's first, where it first came, became very visible. And uh, one would go and play rugger after school. <laughs> All right, we better get to uh, some of the calls. There's a stack there for you, Rolly. Uh, Gillian, your first cab off the rank uh, on the Gold Coast. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning, Rolly, and thank you for taking my call. Pleasure. I would like to know the origin of a saying that my elderly brother-in-law always came out mm-hmm. with, God strike me pink. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is um, Australia, New Zealand and British. The Americans don't know about it. Um, there are various other things like, you know, strike me dead or whatever. Um, strike me pink, I think, was probably a, a milder version of strike me dead. But no one knows where it actually came from. I'm sorry. Um, but that, it's an expression of surprise, uh, particularly if you've been caught completely off, off guard. And I've yeah. never heard of that before. So it's, He it, used to use it in the context when he was, um, you know, something went wrong. Yes, that's yeah. right. And, and, you know, surprise, surprise, oh my goodness, what's happened type of thing. Um, and it's, I, I wish we knew where the pink came from. But, you know, there yeah. are various other phrases like, he's in the pink. And that means someone's in very good condition or doing particularly well. I'll do a bit of work on pink and we'll, we'll chase it up. All right, thank you, Gillian. My dad used to say when things went wrong, wouldn't that rock you? And I've got yes. a feeling I know what that was code for. Would I be correct? Wouldn't that rock you? I would guess so. Okay, fair enough. I'll leave that one alone. <laughs> 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 Lloyd on the Gold Coast, morning to you. Uh, yes, good morning, Rowley. Uh, I am interested in uh, the local pronunciation mm. of uh, Arundel. Mm. Uh, in England, it's Arundel Castle. It is. And uh, the Duke of Arundel. And I knew people years ago who were Arundels. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering how we come to end up with Arundel down mm. here. Is it just laziness of our own speech? Or? I, I've heard not only Arundel, but also something like Arundel um, from the locals over there in Britain. Mm. Um, and it's, it's actually in West Sussex, uh, so it's something that I ought to have a, a claim on. Um, now, Arundel, there are lots of uh, spelling variations in place names, and they're sometimes unpredictable, and occasionally, for example, in, in England it's Derby, in WA and America it's Derby, mm. all right? uh, and, and things like that, uh, Albany and Albany, it's Albany in England, but Albany yeah. in WA and again in America... Yeah. Um, I, I think someone locally has chosen to put the stress somewhere else and someone else has picked it up and it's just sort of taken off. I think if you say Arundel, people will understand you, but they might think you're being a little bit upper class about it. I think, yeah. Mm. All right. But again, th- this sort of difference between countries and between stress, again, in, in Melbourne, they don't know whether it's Turak or Turak, and they don't know whether it's Fitzroy or Fitzroy. And if the people down there don't know, then who would? Exactly right. All right, 1300 222 612 is the number for Rolly this morning. Hello, Robert in Yoronga. A restaurant is a word you want to know about. Oh, yes. Good morning, uh, Bill. And good morning, um, Professor. I'm Rolly. Yep. Uh, uh, Rolly. Um, look, I, I, I wouldn't like to go to, down to my grave never knowing why uh, we have a restaurant, but we, the owner or the manager mm. is a restaurateur. Mm-hmm. Why Why was the N dropped? Okay. The, it, wasn't act, it shouldn't be there at all, and a lot of people say restaurateur, and that is an, that's a mistake. Yes. There's, there's a French verb, restaurer, which means to restore. 
and restaurants first came about as soup kitchens around about the 1790s. I think they were for, for people who were otherwise short of food. And so you went in there to restore yourself. And so it was a, a restaurant, which was a restoring place, as it were. The A-N-T is like I-N-G in English, all right? Yes. So restaurer is to restore. Restaurant is restoring place. And that actually then became a noun, which then, you know, was copied in lots of languages. And it's a place where you go out to eat. And it's not like a cafe, which is short, quick and fast, um, unless it's coffee, in which case it may be quite expensive. Um, it is a place where you sit down and have proper meals. Now, restaurer in French, if you're going to, de, going to say the person who does it, it's restaurateur, E-U-R, which is like our O-R, like editor or whatever, right? And so the, the person who does it is a restaurateur. And if you are in the know, you will say he's a restaurateur, but the restaurant, all right, the N comes from the fact that A-N-T is the French present participle, right, like our I-N-G. Okay. So there you have it. That answer your question, Robert? All right, thank you. Brilliant, thank you. 1300 612. Good morning, Catherine, at Morningside. Hi, Wally. Morning. Um, I'm from Eltham, or in, as my English relatives would say, Eltham. Mm. I was ringing about some, to ask about some common mispronunciations. Yes. Um, such as weary and wary. Mm hmm. And the obvious one, Pacific and specific, because they're sounds and that we're quite capable of pronouncing in other words. Yes. But yet they seem to constantly be those. Well, those two spring to mind mm -hmm. immediately. They can seem to be constantly. Yes, yeah, right. There, there's actually quite a lot of these. Um, weary and wary are two totally different words. They come from two totally different sources back in the history of English, and it is not correct to to mix one with the other. And in fact, they mean they mean quite different things as well. Um, yeah, specific specific more. is interesting because some people say Pacific, leaving out the first s, and this is related to things like ask and arcs. Mm. That's a common mistake. Asterisk and asterix. Asterix was actually Asterix the Gaul, which was a French comic, and et cetera and et cetera. Uh, there are a number of mispronunciations like these. Someone gets it wrong, and a bit like with Arundel and, and Arundel, um, someone picks it up and they haven't heard the correct version and they just go on propagating it. And after a while, they become quite, quite common. Uh, but specific and Pacific, um, the, that's just simplifying two consonants to one. And after all, Pacific is a legal word, so you might as well say that one, except that it means something different. All right, thank you uh, for the call, Catherine. Good examples. Uh, let's go to Stephanie, who joins us from Gamary. Hi, Stephanie, uh, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you? Very well, thanks. Good. Um, hello, Rolly. Hello. Two things, if I may. First of all, recently with, with the elections, we've been talking about getting your dander up. Mm. And I don't know where that comes from or what dander is in that context. Um, there is a dialect word in British called something like dadder, uh, which means to quake. And so, you know, getting someone off balance and giving them a real shake is a possible source. Um, but again, the dictionaries aren't entirely sure. The other dander is um, animal um, dandruff, flakes of skin. 
Yeah. Uh, and so it's it's in an animal's fur or coat, and you know you can keep your cat free of dander, right? Uh, humans have dandruff and they have dander, the same source. Okay. Mm. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Why is everybody suddenly talking about doubling down? American. Um, I'm not sure of the exact source, but it means you're going to reaffirm something which people are challenging. And uh, I, it might have something to do with bridge, you know, doubled, redoubled and vulnerable. I don't know. I'll check that one out for you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Stephanie. Uh, appreciate your call. Uh, John from Archerfield joins us now. Good day, John. Good morning, Bill. Uh, you, I think you're an excellent announcer, and I hope you can continue on with the ABC. Oh, good idea. So do Thanks, I. John. <laughs> yes. Good, good morning, Rolly. Morning. Um, you, you stole my thunder with an earlier... Uh, uh, person in regards to pronunciation of place names. So I'll go to a, a second question. Yes. In my youth, uh, it became popular to end sentences with but, B-U-T. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it seems to have died out again now, but I was just wondering whether you've come across that. Oh, yeah. Uh, very common in Northern Australia, particularly far North Queensland and the Territory. Um, go on, did I bat? Uh, and it, it seemed to be a, a kind of, I don't know, comfortable way of ending a sentence without stopping, stopping brutally. Now, you're going home today, sounds a little bit in your face. Going out today, but sounds a bit more relaxed for some reason. It's, right. it's uh, regional. It's not part of standard Australian, but it's very well recognised as something that we do. Some people say A at the end, going yeah. out today, eh? uh, which oddly enough you also find in Canada. Right. Okay, mm. it's just yeah. a, just a, a a local habit, and after after you do it a lot, it becomes quite difficult not to do it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you, John. Thanks for listening too. Thanks. Bye. All right. Bye now. Thirteen hundred triple two six twelve. Lots of callers there for you today. Rolly, Isabel, up on the Sunshine Coast. Hi to you. Oh, good morning, and thanks for taking my call. Um, good morning, Rolly. Morning. My question is the word press mm. relating to a cupboard. Can you yes. tell me the origins of that? It's Irish and Scottish, and, uh -huh. that, and that, that really says something about your origins as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, not, in, not used much in Australia. I, I guess no. that it probably had to do something with, with pressing clothes uh, because there were linen presses and things that's like right. that, and I'm pretty sure that that's where they all get to. Oh, I see. Okay. Thank you very w where much. Where are you from originally? Oh, I'm originally from Clydebank. Ah, okay. I, I was trying I to work Irish out... Heritage. I, I had you West Coast. I wasn't quite sure where. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good on you, Isabel. Lovely to talk to you. And don't lose the accent, please. It's beautiful. Oh, thank you very much. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right. Let's go and have a chat to Susan uh, joining us now from Maryvale. Hi, Susan. Hello. Hello. Can Rolly tell me why are people putting a plural on, say, like, First Nation people. It just doesn't sound right to me. First Nation people, meaning First Nation no. people are, or...? No, First Nation peoples. Peoples, ah, peoples. right, okay. Um, there are two words, people. One of them is the plural of person. Um, so there's lots of people in front of the pub this afternoon, just meaning lots of, lots of persons, right? But people, in the other sense, means a race and a, oh. an ethnic group. So you might say, you might say the, uh, uh, the indigenous peoples of the Amazon, and that means different ethnic groups or tribes. Okay, that's okay. There you go. All thank right, you. thank you. Susan, uh, Beverly now joins us uh, on the Sunshine Coast as well. Morning, boys. Morning. And, boys, uh, Rowley, I 
noticed during the elections, it kept happening over and over and over. It was like a change of the language. Mm -hmm. You... uh, in not using me or I. Mm. In a lot of people, including myself, are going to think rubber. Yes. But for myself and for my opposition team, a better version of myself, mm-hmm. opinions of Mr Keating and yes. myself. Yes. Um, well collected. On radio, yes, including myself. This has obviously got under your skin. Yes, right. I'm just okay. And, and technically, it's wrong. Um, there are really two, possibly three, users of the self pronouns in English. One is reflexive. I dress myself. Right? You do something to yourself. The second one is emphatic. I myself am not entirely sure. So that's legal. And after a few prepositions, for myself, I don't know whether this is, you know, welcome or not, but. All other uses, people are trying to avoid me for some reason. Yeah. And I think that's probably because, you know, I know at school, I, I remember some of the kids in our class, you know, John and me is going down to the shop and the teacher said, no, 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 John and I. Yeah. And after a while, people got very uncertain as to when to use me. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But me is, in fact, me is in the object. He gave it to, you know, he, he saw me. He, it comes after prepositions. He gave it to me. And no, there's no place for myself in there at all. Yes, so your okay, instinct and judgment are perfect, and I'm afraid the pollies will need to learn. I'll tell my husband my instinct and judgment. Are oh, perfect. don't say we've got in the middle of a, of a family <laughs> battle. Oh. Yes, get, get some mileage out of that one. <laughs> Good on you. Thank you uh, very much, Pam, for um, for calling in. Let's go to uh, Pam now, who's uh, in Surat. G'day, Pam. Good morning. Listen, I've read an article in the newspaper that used the word earned, E-A-R-N-T. Yep. And uh, I thought, well, that's strange. I haven't had it before. So mm-hmm. I looked up in the dictionary and it's not there. Correct. So is it a new word that's going in or...? It's a, it's a mistake which people make. And it's because we have learned or learnt, and both yes. of those are legal, and the T ones are usually British, and we often follow them in education, and the ED ones are American, and they're both okay. Earn and learn sound very much like alike. And so if you've got either learned or learnt, people tend to think that it's either earned or earned, but in fact the T1 is a mistake, and you're quite right. So you don't use it? Don't use it. Uh-huh. Good. Thank you very much. All right. Okay. Thank you very much, Pam. Uh, now let's go to Boondal, and here's a word that um, my mum used to use when she was oh. making scones. G'day, Kate. <laughs> G'day. Morning. Hello, Rowley. Hi my word is tough to learn. Myself, oh, yes. I thought it was an invention, but mm. now I'm not so sure. No, it, it's a proper word in Australia, and it's a small um, fried cake which you spread with um, jam or something. Jam, yeah. 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 She used to do jams. It was yeah. like a scone. A bit like, bit like a scone, but you fry it. Scones are baked, mm. not fried. Ah. And so it is a word. It, it's, um, it's related to a jam puff, I know which is an older version of pastry. Exactly how we got from puff to puff to loon, I don't know, and I don't think the dictionary is either. <laughs> but it's a, it's a perfectly good word in Australia and New Zealand, and you may serve people puff to loons with confidence. Mm, yeah, my mum used to serve them. Every Sunday we'd have puff to loons after, oh, after really? lunch. There yeah. you go. So um, thank you for bringing that one up, uh, Kate, out at Boondall. Um, Hal, what about you? You're from Columba, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Whereabouts is that? Uh, near Aratula. Ah, oh, lovely. Now, 
Rolly, two books, one of which I'll bet you've read. That's Lydia Bailey. Go on. When you were a boy. Mm -hmm. uh, Arundel. Yes. And Arundel. Yes. Lydia picks away at the young guy that she eventually marries. Why does he use such funny English? Can't he say Arundel? Ah. So the Yanks corrupted... Well, I'm, I'm not sure whether we ought to blame this on the Americans, but it is certainly true that they move the stress in quite a lot of words, um, like um, beret, right? Now, remember the, the, the song about the green beret. I would, when I was at school, it was a beret. Um, and baton rather than baton. And I've heard Americans going to the ballet rather than the ballet. Yeah. Um, it's a pattern of American English where they move the stress sometimes one to the right. Um, and in fact, that's also happened with harassment and harassment. Uh, harassment is British and harassment is American. Now, the second one is a book called Alf's Button. Mm, no, I don't know that one. Alf was a private in, I think, in the First World War in the British Army. Yep. And one of the brass buttons on his uniform was made out of a piece of the magic lamp. Oh, okay. And at some stage, he says, he ends up in hospital or the infirmary, whatever mm -hmm, they called mm -hmm, it in the mm -hmm. army, he says, well, strike me pink. Oh. And the button, being part of the magic lamp, does just that. Okay, I didn't know that one. So the book is called Alf's Button. Do you remember the author? No, I, I read it as a boy. Okay. I'm the same age as you, pretty much. Okay. In that case, your, your, your memory is functioning pretty well. I'll chase this one down and see if we can get a line on, on Strike Me Pink. Thanks a lot. I never heard of that. Good on you, Hal. Appreciate the call. Um, John from uh, Darling Heights, also uh, near Toowoomba. G'day. G'day. What's your question for Rolly, John? My question is, why do things not happen anymore? They unfold. <laughs> okay. Uh, there are lots, but this is particularly journalistic use um, and people in the media. Happen sounds, sounds a bit undramatic, you know. Mm. Uh, and so unfold suggests something a bit more uh, literary, more serious, more measured. And more it, gentle, um, Possibly. Um, but, but certainly a bit more special than happen. Now, what happened this afternoon... You know, well, I, I had a puff to loon. Uh, what unfolded this afternoon, that suggests that there is a major story in the mm. process of, of uh, revealing itself. And uh, it's, it's one of these stylistic variants. They mean more or less the same thing, but not quite. Well spotted. Thank you. Thank you very much. Ah, good on you, John. All right, our final caller this morning. Uh, we're just about at uh, half past ten. ABC Radio Brisbane and Queensland is uh, over to you, Judy, on the Sunshine Coast. Oh, good morning, and thank you for being able to speak to Rowley Sussex. It's mm. wonderful. Oh, my pleasure. Um, <laughs> Rowley, I'm, well, I'm, when you get to my age, you get a bit pedantic mm. about things. And everyone says hell for leather. Yes. And as far as I knew, it was L for leather because nobody swore, nobody said L, mm. and it has, nobody said hell. That's right. So it was L for leather, not hell for leather. Okay. And everybody now says hell for leather. Yes. The original phrase was, in fact, hell for leather. But in the 19th century in particular, uh, 
There were a whole lot of words related to religious things, including the devil and um, and hell and damn. Remember, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn uh, in uh, Rhett Butler. And so in order to avoid saying one of the forbidden words, and Hollywood actually did forbid them until about the 40s, people would say L rather than hell. And it was a, a way of, it's a bit like saying golly rather than God. You know, you're, you're saying something which is similar, but you're avoiding saying something which would actually be unacceptable. Um, right. And so it, it yeah, was, it was an, it's called avoidance language, and uh, people do it in order to not to offend. All right. Well, thank you, uh, Judy, and thanks to all of our callers this morning. One quick final question from Lawrence for you, uh, Rolly. My eight-year-old son, Oliver, and I listen every Saturday, thank you, after his soccer game, and he'd like to know what the longest word is. Longest word? There is a word in English that would take about, th- I think it's 13,500 letters. We won't try wow. and do that, but I have a selection of very long ones, and we can do those next week because I'll have to practice a bit. Wow, okay. Um, there are quite a few. And we didn't get to all of the lovely football words I had to talk about. No, we didn't. Things like crumbing, which is a particular thing of AFL, uh, which is, I'm, I'm interested in the words which, first of all, are typical for our footballs, but not known elsewhere, and there's a lot of AFL language. Things like ball and prior, uh, no, which are, are, are very much part of one code. And then the words which actually have come out of football and into general usage. And that is interesting, like a Hail Mary pass. So we'll talk about those next week, together with the long words. And hopefully we'll be um, talking about an origin victory as well next week. Uh, Let's see how we go Wednesday night. Uh, Have you got a final word before you go? Of course. Spike Milligan, whom I very much like. Ah, yes. Chopsticks are the reason why the Chinese never invented custard. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much, Rolly Sussex. We'll catch you next week. On your radio and online. At home or on the road. This is ABC Radio.